You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello, welcome to Series 10, Episode 29 of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm good, John. We have another guest special, and it's a fan special, um, fellow Aberdeen fan, Erin Grieve. Hello, Erin. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. No, thank you very much for coming on. Um, and what what a, what a good time to come on um, as a Scottish football fan because um, something big happened on Thursday night. Something that um, you probably wouldn't have in your young years probably wouldn't have appreciated much when Scotland last qualified for a major tournament back in 1998, and we've now finally done it. Um, got back to a major tournament after 22 years away. Just sum up the emotions from um, from Thursday onwards. Yeah, so I. I was seven when we were in the World Cup and I remember I already liked football and it was kind of like this is extra football this is football in the summer when there's no football on so I just thought this is great and I think it was because I think probably because we were playing Brazil it was seen as this like huge thing so I remember school finished early and like my mum is not massively into football and I remember talking about watching it with my dad and my mum's like you'll be at school and you're tired of being at work but everyone left work early you got picked up early from school it must have been like half two or something kickoff remember being like afternoon and everyone was just excited and even people who I don't think they liked football people will watch the World Cup if it's on I think or like at least take a bit of interest and I just remember thinking oh this is great and then that all stopped and then because we were just for a while so bad not even close to qualifying for stuff you know and you'd see teams at international tournaments when you watched them that you'd think, are we worse than that? So we were so poor for so long that I think for a lot of people, probably a lot of people my age, international football just wasn't such a big thing. A lot of my friends aren't that up or down on it, really. I have some who absolutely love it, and I think that's great. But I just never got into it because, and not just because we were bad, but it wasn't even just we weren't good, you know. Aberdeen haven't been great the whole time, but it's still something to watch. We just weren't even there. There was just nothing enjoyable about it. And all of a sudden, you know, last year we had that horrible 3-0 to Kazakhstan. Yes. And I remember seeing the, I remember seeing the second half of that in a pub in Glasgow and thinking, well, one, poor Graham Shinney, what a shame. But also just the whole game, you just thought, how bad are we at this? Like, the, if you'd said last year we'd have then qualified for the Euros, you'd have thought, how? Come on. But actually, we have the best squad I think we probably had in a long, long, long time. They're all players who play at pretty high level. And on Thursday night, I looked at the squad and I looked at the bench and we basically had two full teams. You know, we could have played our whole bench and it would have been an all right side. So we've got a squad. We've got players, I think, as well, who seem to care quite a lot about playing for their country, as opposed to seeing it as a bit of a chore or a hassle or, oh, I'm away from my club, I've got to travel here, I've got this on. They all seem quite excited about it and... I think we've got a lot of options there, which is useful because you know, they're all playing normal club football and the whole COVID thing is going to rule a lot of players out, I think, throughout this season. So I think Thursday, I remember just looking at the team and thinking, we could win this. And when we scored, absolutely fantastic. We were playing so well. And at 88 minutes, it's probably my own fault, 88 minutes, I got up and I was like, oh, I just get a drink from that. We're almost finished. It's that day and go winning. I mean, I think it was coming, which is the worst part, that it was obvious that we were starting to switch off. It was the tense, we've not got long to go. And they were better in the extra time than we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, we're probably, we play better over the whole game, I would say, but in extra time, I was just, I was like, we just need to cling on for penalties now. And I think all the penalties were excellent. 
the amount of pressure you must be under to step up and do that they were all great and David Marshall is fantastic yeah that, that's I, I cried and I didn't actually I, that's the first time I cried at a game on the Aberdeen I didn't think I would cry but the emotion of it and then Ryan Christie's interview was great yeah it was very tough for me because 10 days before that I've been saying all sorts of horrible things about Ryan Christie after he knocked us out the cup so then on Thursday I thought well I quite like him tonight so that's quite difficult but I like I just think as well, since Thursday, Twitter is just great. Everyone's having the time of their lives. Yeah. Andy Constantine's theme tunes going to be the anthem of the Euros. And like, everyone is just excited about it, which is great because we've not had much to be very happy about this year. Exactly. I think, I think that's the, the big thing. You know, we talk about Friday 13th of March was also when football was stopped um, because, you know, the effects of COVID were starting to take place, etc. Friday 13th in, in November, Covid took a back seat, um, and it was almost forgotten about for the whole day because the majority of the country was just in such a euphoria about the fact Scotland had achieved something they hadn't done for twenty two years. News channels were running with it as their main story ahead of um, you know more probably more important things. It was just it was just a great buzz, and as you say, obviously Andy Constein's, um theme tune goes viral, goes even more viral um, with the iconic celebrations they change them and then you see the um the david marshall conga it's that i think that epitomizes the team spirit for me erin as well as it they were good play- i mean they've always been decent players but i think they need to have a bit more belief at a national level because there is a burden with that 22 year monkey in the back and steve clark has slowly but surely got there and i think that's just what it needed and we're now looking at a team you mentioned that um we had a, t- a, a good team for the bench eight of them started against slovakia and should have won that game yeah, it was a bit. It's one of those games where you think Slovakia qualified as well, didn't they? So I was like, they're yeah, all hungover. The hungover it was a weird game where everyone's knackered. We actually looked pretty good. Um, a bit of a silly goal to concede, really. And I think Ollie McBurney may have had a couple of chances that were yeah. spurned. He's not necessarily, I would say, maybe mm-hmm. my first choice always. But the problem is, if you actually get away with some players maybe not being everyone's first pick or maybe not being it's difficult because you're obviously pulling in lots of different players from lots of different clubs who play different positions for their own club and then come and kind of play differently. But actually, we do have a lot of good players. You know, it's not as though we've got an 11 and then we're scraping about for subs. We could also call up um, what's it, uh, Nisbet Hibbs, I think, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few other players starting to come through who look as though they could get a call up. Andy Constantine's call up for me. Genuinely, don't have ever been so happy for someone in my life. Saw it on Twitter. And I was messaging my friends and I was like, I could honestly cry for him. He has played so well. Why do you think he's a great player or not? And I'm obviously biased, but he's a great guy. And yeah. I think he is a good player. I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for. I think the last couple of years he's been really good. But the passion and how much he cares. And he must have, there must have been times where he was looking at who's getting call-ups and thinking, what have I done wrong? Like, there were years where we had Scotland teams where you just think, who are these people? You know, players you barely heard of. They just are no good at all. And I just think for him, you can see how much it meant. He also played, what, two games where I think he did put a foot wrong. And I thought he was pretty good yesterday. I do think that he tries really hard. And I think that mm-hmm. if you can get players who care, I think that's half the battle. Because international duty doesn't seem to be what it was, the kind of pride to go play for your country. You just get the impression of what players see it as kind of a, secondary thing to their club and that's probably because we haven't been that great 
but you would hope that like you know the pride of playing for your country and Ryan Christie in tears and you know the whole team just absolutely over the moon and to see that I think is great Oh yeah, and a lot of ex-Aberdeen players in that squad, which I was chuffed about. Yeah, I was I was a bit amazed that um, I spoke to Craig Brown um, in the preview for this um, for this game, and he was um, mentioning about the the Aberdeen effect because obviously had um, you, obviously Andy being in the squad now, but then ex-players like Scott McKenna, um, Kenny McLean, Ryan Jack, um, and some Aberdeen fans might not forgive me for saying that, but he had an excellent game. Ryan Christie. Um, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Fraser was out injured and he played well in the last round of games. He's someone to come back in the team. Frank, so it's all looking Franklin. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of players who did quite well for us have gone on to other clubs, still doing quite well. And obviously, I think are able to come back and just fit into a squad we've got. I thought Tierney was really good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a player who, a lot of players go to England and you see them a lot less. You know, I keep an eye on what. You know, Kenny McLean and ex Aberdeen players doing, but you don't really look at the others much. So to see them all come back and just fit in just squad really well when there's challenges this year on top of the usual international stuff. You know, Ryan Christie was out because there was COVID stuff at Celtic, and you've had and will have, I suspect, various players out due to COVID or isolating and things throughout the year. So it's not as kind of straightforward as it would have otherwise been. So I think for us to just be able to go and we played well, but we played like we had some belief. We were High pressed the whole game, up the park, looked excited. It was good to watch as well. And mm-hmm. I'm always torn because if we just won, and I say we, so Scotland or Aberdeen, every game mm-hmm. one nil and it was dire to watch, I wouldn't care because if you do that, you're going to win the league. And mm-hmm. it, maybe it's bad to say, but if you win and you win, it doesn't really matter if it was a horrible 90 minutes or the best game of football you've seen. Not really. But it is nice that it looks as though we're going to play quite attacking football, quite a change from the 4-6-0 that Craig Levine seemed to quite enjoy that was just not good to watch for anyone. And, you know, I don't know how well we will do at the Euros, but if we're going to play like that, it'll be good to watch. And at least you think that you might get more people interested. You'll get, you know, most kind of, well, 22 years, the majority of people have never seen Scotland at an international tournament at all. And you want a new generation with your fans to be interested. And you can't do that if we're not at anything or we're playing badly or it's boring to watch. So, it's quite nice to see that we all looked as though, you know, this was exciting and this is something we're going to do and we've got a plan and we're going to go out and actually just attack because at least then you've got enough players up front that will probably score a goal at some point if you're just going for it. And it's good to watch at home so you will get people who are interested because that's what you want, really. Yeah. We've def- I mean, we've got players playing at high level, but some of the young sung heroes are guys that have come from unfashionable backgrounds. Like Lyndon Dykes um, was a couple of years ago playing for Queen of the South and not scoring a lot of goals. He, he's um, taken to national football at um, a fish out of water. Um, like, like Duck to water, sorry. Um, Declan Gallagher, a lot of people um, have criticised his performances from Motherwell. For Scotland, I've yet seen him play a bad game. Um, and it just it just goes to show it's not always about your club reputation because um, other players have found international football a tough step up, but these guys are coming in and Constantine, of course, could say he was unlucky to miss out on the team um, on Thursday, but it was probably the right decision because someone like Kieran Tierney comes in and plays a really good game, and it's just good to have these options. Yeah, I think they all looked quite it looked quite natural, and it's difficult because you've all been at different clubs and. A lot of the time, I guess you end up maybe not playing in your normal position because there's two other players and that's where they play and it has to kind of fit in. You can't just look at the absolute best players who are Scottish. You need a side. You know, they're all defenders. You're not going to have a team. But we actually have depth. And 
strengthen a lot of positions. And it's quite nice to see a squad where everyone looks as though they're just really happy to be there. Because, you know, even yesterday, they looked as though they're enjoying it. And I think that is really important because if you trail off the park, like you can't be bothered with this and you just want to get home, who's going to watch it? And actually, it has been a really tough year in lots of ways. And so, you know, a little bit of national excitement and spirit and people actually having something to look forward to. You know, people are already sort of next June and I don't know if some places are joking, but a lot of places I've seen on Twitter are saying, tables sold out already for next June because people are now thinking, right, we've got something to look forward to. And hopefully, I keep seeing stuff about the vaccine and I'm trying not to get carried away. But I don't think they can report that things are looking good if they're really not. Surely that's just stupid. So hopefully we might be in a situation where actually the Euros next year looks almost normal. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly hoping so, you know, as a, um, a Scotland Sports Club member, I'm looking at us thinking, what's my chance to ticket? They're looking quite good. Wembley's looking promising for me, so um, I'm hoping that that can that can it's happen. It's not going to be a two weeks in Russia, yeah. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Um, I mean, I've I actually heard why that's other... an option. But... Oh yeah, definitely, but I've heard other reports that they're looking at taking some of the Eastern European ones away from this, because obviously this is a, um, a multi- um, nation tournament and there's rumours there's other rumours as well that they're taking some of the eastern block um, venues away and bringing it closer to home I don't know how that's going to work um, we've just got to go as it is just now and let's just hope that by then more crowds will be back and then they'll be getting closer to full capacity come the Euros because football without fans is nothing but of course we've got to appreciate the current um, Covid situation and we need to get the numbers right down and hopefully with the vaccine and once winter's out of the way things can take um, a new light and I think the good thing is that okay everything this year has been horrendous but actually if things can get better I think you have to be as positive as you can be about it and no one knows when that will be but I think we have to assume that things will be normal at some point we've got the Euros next year the World Cup's only the year after we're going to be absolutely spoiled with football and Qatar 2022 I'm still not sure sounds as though it's going to be viable but apparently that's where it'll be and we could be there as well actually yeah, I, I still hope they, they find a, a way to take it off guitar personally, but I don't see it happening. I think it's gone too far. It was awarded 10 years ago, um, so and it's still being hosted now. So it is what it is, but if it's if that's where we end up qualifying for, I really don't care. I don't care if it's in the moon, as long as Scotland are major tournaments more often and things are looking a bit more promising. Um, so, Erin, thanks very much for joining us on the um, Scottish Football Forums podcast. So, um, got to, um, ask, where did your love of football begin? Um, my dad, so my dad's always been an Aberdeen fan and he's obviously enjoyed the years that we were good um, long before my time. It's great because I love it. Like, Although I've seen a lot of those games since because you watch the replays and stuff and everyone, I think everyone's seen the Gothenburg game. But it's strange sometimes to think when you go and watch you know, the horrendous cut of the draw where we played... Um, when we played Stenhouse Muir, for example, you know, games like that, where you just think, how did we go from beating teams like that to now? And because I never really had any experience when Aberdeen were so good. It's great, like, the stories that my dad has, and he was like, I suppose we were spoiled. We just kind of, you know, the fans weren't complacent, he said, but you went and you won games, and you didn't expect to win every game, but you won cups, and you won trophies, and you had some of the best players in the country, and everyone thought your team was great, and so I feel like I've, I've totally missed out on that. But it's good. I get his stories from it. And actually, 
it's nice because most people who went then haven't just decided to stop going because we're not very good. And I think that shows the kind of club that it is because, you know, you win trophies constantly. Suddenly that kind of dries up. But actually, okay, crowds aren't as good as they were. But I would say Aberdeen still has a pretty good fan base. Yeah. And there are definitely people who, you know, every game are away. There's people who saw us win in Gothenburg and will still go and see us play Hamilton on a Wednesday night in the freezing cold. And I think that is really important. My dad first took me, I actually did speak to him about this to double check because I've got, I said, I've got the programme. So I've got a programme, so does my dad for my first ever game. And I was like, I keep that safe. I think at the time I thought this will be worth something. It definitely won't. It's a programme from a game from Hibs in 1995. We lost 2-1. Stephen Glass scored, though. Yes, I remember that. And I remember coming home. And it, the weather must have been bad. I've just got a lot of memories of bad weather, being dark, raining, horrible. Um, but it must have been, I'm sure it was bad weather. And I, came, I remember coming home and we'd lost. And my mum does not really like football. And she thinks that nice girls shouldn't be going trailing to football matches. And so I remember coming home and my mum was like, you won't be able to go back then, will you? You lost. It's not nice. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll, can we go back? My dad was like, yeah, of course. And my mum had said to my dad, I didn't know this all a while later, that he had to take me to the family stand because that's where it was safe. And that's where he was taking me. He was taking me to the family stand and that's what was happening. And I wasn't really alive to this, but then a few a couple of years later, there must have been a cup game or something that was on TV or there were highlights on or something. And my mum saw us on the telly. And when we got home, she was furious. She does this look now when we come home at maybe about half six, seven after a game when we've been to the pub and we're told her we'll be home after kickoff. But she uh, she was furious because he hadn't been taking me to the family stand and it was very dangerous to be in the south stand where anything could happen. Um, so my dad took me to games when I was younger and took me to the old kind of away game and stuff, um, you know, kind of nearby ones or along. So my dad kind of stopped... Um, going to away games as much although he's been to a few with me recently I remember really vividly and I don't know if this is just because we seem to have a few Motherwell I remember being in my head our nemesis because it was always a draw for some reason I don't know if it was but that's just what you remember when you're younger but I feel like we had a spate of draws generally and a lot against Motherwell and I just remember thinking oh, Motherwell the really big team that we want to like beat so my dad would take me my got a younger sister and she's just not interested he took her once and she wasn't keen Things she'd been twice since. She came to Ross County a couple of seasons ago. And afterwards, I was like, did you enjoy that? Because we won 2-1. It wasn't a bad game. I think it must have been about November time, but the weather wasn't horrible. And she said to him, but I liked it when we went for lunch before. And this bit now, we went for a drink after. This bit's okay. Next time I just won't come to the football bit in the middle, I'll wait here for you. She just was like, I don't get it. And I think I've got a lot of friends who don't really get it at all. And they think it's bizarre that on a Saturday, I would want to get on a bus you know, and sit for two hours and trail to the middle of nowhere in the cold. And they're like, but, but what for? And sometimes I wish, and you all have this as well, I'm sure, where you think, imagine if I just didn't care about football, it a lot easier. Because it is the hope absolutely that kills you. And I've been to games, I've cried, I've been to games where you just thought I was awful. Soaking, freezing, horrible, you know, the team barely turn up, no one looks interested. And you just think, why do I bother? But you go every week and it's, I, I can't imagine not loving it. And I tried to explain it to people. A lot of people are just like, but, but what is it? I'm really not sure. But I think when you go to like away games and when you go to like, we've been in our same seats for quite a while. We moved slightly further back a couple of years ago, though, according to my dad, it's still not far enough back because if it's really windy, it might get rained on. But you meet the same people and you see the same people going to games and you make really good friendships. Mm-hmm. I've met so many people from, you know, just 
you always bump into them at a game, you know, or they travel with you to away games. So I go with Capital 1903 bus to away games from Edinburgh generally. And it's great to see those people. And sometimes you don't see them for a week or two because you've not had an away game or I might get a train. But, you know, it's just the excitement of chatting about the game beforehand. And someone normally does a little sweep on the bus for the first scorer. And everyone's just got the shared excitement. And I think probably nowadays it's easier as well because of the internet and it's much easier to kind of meet people, make friends like that. But there's games where I've turned up. I went to Burnley, had a drama with a train because there was some um, issue on the track and there would be a Carlisle and whole thing was just going to be a mess. Two Hibs fans who just happened to be on the train, not even going anywhere to do with football, explained to me how to kind of get to Manchester and what train to take. And I got on a train at Carlisle. Two, I shouted, we know you from Twitter, come sit here. And no, I just think it is really great the trips you get to go on. I went to, when I went to Croatia, I was like, who are you going with? And I was like, well, I'm going to see so-and-so there and they're staying here and my friend's staying in this hotel as well. But who flying with? That's I just go across my own my mum finds that mental that you would do that I was like I'll see plenty of people when I'm there I'll see people at the airport see people on my flight I was like right okay is that normal maybe it isn't normal but I think it's just like once you start going I don't think you can just make a conscious decision to stop even if you think great it's Tuesday night and we've got to go to Hamilton and it'll be freezing cold and we'll get back at whatever time and it'll probably be nil nil and I don't know once you love it you just love it I suppose yeah, I, th- I think it's some um, once you've caught the bug, that's you. You know, some people don't don't get it, and that's that's the great thing about humanity is that we all like different things. Like I remember, I took um, my now my now wife to a game. It was a Mother Aberdeen League Cup game, and she hates football. Um, she wanted to try um, that that night, and I could tell she was not enjoying it. And it was about to go extra time. I thought it was still ten minutes ago. I thought. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to make her sit through another half hour of this, and then Andy Collinsing scores a header, and Johnny Hayes scores the what? Yeah, the yeah, so Andy Collinsing saved my relationship. You can say. <laughs> um, so no, it's um, but yeah, it's it's all good, and uh, you know, the last the last game I attended was the Commander Aberdeen Scottish Cup tie, and it was just an absolutely crazy night. You know, the craziest game of football I've been in a long time. And I just can't believe that that's the last game of football so, I've attended. I said to one of my friends afterwards, who doesn't like football, I was like, that was one of the best nights of my life. She was like, really? I was like, well, yeah. I was like, I don't know what you think I'm doing on other nights that could have been better than that. I was like, what are you doing? Sometimes when I explain to people, I'll be like, that was the best, after- oh, that was the best day of my life. Like, but that, really? I think, but what do you do in your life? This, that I'm missing out on that's so great because there are nights that night that I rocked the 2-0 in the cup like there are just days like that where the excitement I didn't sleep when we got home from Kelly because the whole game was just mad the Hamden game with Rangers you know those games where I think it's the games where you either don't expect really anything from it or when like the Kelly one we were out for you know we were a minute away from being out we're then in extra time and we're 2-1 up and then again we're five minutes away from being out and then we're looking at penalties and suddenly the whole thing that was just an absolute riot absolutely covered in bruises because you'll know it's like an away game no one sits down and at yeah. a lot of stadiums Kelly is one of the worst for this the seats are so close to you in front yeah. you come home and you just think why have I done this but it's never sore I saw I'm sure someone I knew someone had their glasses broken at Hamden when um Lewis Ferguson scored and I'm sure one of my friends they've like seen someone break their arm it's just like absolutely mad but the excitement of that and I think that's what as much as I'd like to get back to football and I know it's going to have to be for a long long time probably not how it would normally be 
But hugging a stranger when I'm, you know, a goal like that goes in, it's just absolutely mad. And the excitement of it. And I think because we were out and then suddenly we're not. And then when they'd scored, it was just the whole thing was just, that was one of the best games I was at last season. That and the Hearts game on the first day of the season, which said a lot about the middle, I would say, of it. But games like that, that Hearts game where we were 1-0 up and then 2-1 down and then Hedges' goal on the first day of the season at Pataudry, moments like that are just so special. And there's yeah. videos, you'll be the same, there's goals which you'll have watched. I've seen Lewis Ferguson header at Hamden about 9 million times. Because yeah. it's just great. And, you know, when you have games like that and goals like that and the videos, and, like the morning of that Monday, I remember skipping into the office just thinking, this is great. What a great day to be an Aberdeen fan. Everyone's sharing, you know, videos and photos from the game. And I think not being there at the moment, that's a bit of it that you kind of miss. So Scotland qualifying and Aberdeen doing all right-ish, I suppose, at the moment does make a big difference because it gives you something to enjoy and it gives you... I guess a bit of hope and we have to assume we'll get back to games normally at some point, hopefully. Yeah, let's hope. So so what's um you, you also mentioned that your first Aberdeen game was was that win against Hibs when I think they lost two one that game, then they win the League Cup a few weeks later. What was your early kind of memories um um growing up as an Aberdeen fan? Well it's weird because when you don't know anything different, when you're quite young, you don't really understand, I don't think. I couldn't comprehend how good we'd been. So my dad would tell me stories about, you know, yeah. players and things. And I knew the names of all these players, but it seems so unrealistic and it seems so abstract to think, you know, you're like, but we were winning everything and we were like, you know, beating these huge teams. And you don't have the concept, I think, when you're quite young of time in the same way. So, you know, you can you look at where you are at the table, and you know, if you've won games and you haven't at the things, but it's quite hard to think, right, so, we, you know, we've got this to the end of the season and then next season we'll have this and you have new players coming in and out and it all just is a bit, it's exciting, but because you're quite young and you don't really always get it, the excitement, I think, is more, you take it very much game by game, whereas, obviously, like, now you're thinking, right, we're playing so this week and then we've got that and actually we managed this and then you think about the transfer window, you think all about all of that. I remember when, like, whenever players would leave, you think, but, but why? Where are they going? And it's quite hard, I think, to explain. You might just want to go play somewhere else because you're going to find you want to play for our team. We're really good, even if you're not really. And then actually, for a long time, you'll remember this, we weren't very good. Um, yes. And it doesn't put you off going. And I think sometimes as well for my dad, I think, looking back, I must have thought when I was younger, and I think I did, why do you want to watch this when you've seen us be really good? Wouldn't you want to like just not go? And I think it is testament to the fact that the club is obviously you know, generally does pretty well, I would say, with the fans to make them engage because at a lot of clubs, people would just stop going. You know, how good we were compared to a period where we were awful. And Celtic, Celtic fans, and people joke about saying some title one and things, but they expect or seem to be expected quite a lot of the time to win every single game. And when they don't, it's all you get with manager, you do this and think, well, you'll be so spoiled with all these good results. You can understand that, you know, fans do get, tired of it and fans do think well what's gone wrong that we were this good and you can't just suddenly can't be the players this manager what's going on and I think it was quite a long period where even I and I my friends would say, I'd tell you that I'll be traveling across to Parkheads and I'm like I think it'll be 3-0 today guys eh? so who's going to score our goals and I am far too optimistic the stuff that you know we were playing I 
think of myself, we were playing Celtic. I was like, oh, two one, yeah, might be two 0 actually, yeah, probably a clean sheet. Which is mental. Of course, it's not going to be. And I think I am overly optimistic. But even I remember kind of thinking, will we win a game ever? Do you think? And for a long time, there weren't that many moments at Bintrodri that were really special because there was a lot of felt like a lot of draws. I think it's maybe because a draw always feels a bit. Well, it's a draw. It just never feels, I mean, obviously much better than losing, but there was a long spate of draws and there was a long spate of not really scoring very many goals, not really doing much. And the Cups and, you know, Europe and stuff just didn't feel very real. It didn't feel like something that would really happen. And then obviously Europe now, we've not been great. Um, really, we've not progressed as far as we probably should have done or could have done. We've had squads that should have done better. I think we had a really tough draw this year and it's not an excuse, but it was a really tough side. And I would have liked to have seen us gone further in Europe. And there's times where I think we've kind of wasted chances, maybe. And there's a few games you think oh, that's the one that could have been. But we're certainly a better standard now than we were for a long time when I was there. And I know people talk about the whole Falkirk Stadium thing and did that kind of save Aberdeen? Well, maybe a bit to an extent. You don't know what might have happened. You don't, you know, you don't. And I think from kind of sitting around what eighth and ninth and stuff quite a lot to getting to a point where we were second, where we had that last game with Motherwell, remember where we should have finished second, but we were tricked out of that. And, you know, actually, obviously I would love to win things. Of course I would. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be able to because any club can win things. And you actually, you get Scottish Cup, you look at the teams who have won that since we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's no disservice to any of those teams, but there's no reason we shouldn't be. Um, Great. So, I think there's no reason we should be able to win anything. I'm not saying I expect us necessarily to, and I think you can't deny the fact that Celtic have an amount of money that is just beyond the reach of most clubs. And part of it is down to money because you will be able to always attract the best players. With you know, Celtic would spend was you Julian about seven million pounds, say, and I don't even think he's that brilliant. You know, we wouldn't even dream of spending that on a player a day. I doubt we will ever spend that in my lifetime on a player because it's just not the kind of money that we have. But I do think we've got a squad that is good. And I do think that after what was a long spell of being very poor, okay, I agree, finishing second and getting to a semi-final should not be what we're aiming for, but it's better. And we've actually at least been to some finals. We've been to some cup games. We've managed to you know, finish second. We've had some good results against tough sides. We've had that win on the last day of the season at Celtic Park, I thought was great. You know, the kind of thing that finishing second Kate not winning a trophy, but I still don't think that's bad necessarily. Yeah, I think I think you got to um, put perspective. I mean, you've obviously, um, I mean, we've both obviously been through tough times, like you know when Alec Miller was mad. Well, you're probably a bit young for the Alec Miller regime, but you know Steve Patterson wasn't a great era. Um, Mark McGee, I'll try not to swear, um, absolutely horrific. When you think about times like that. Um, it does put things in perspective. Yeah, there are frustrating times now when we don't get past Maribor, we don't get past um, Kaira Almaty, mm-hmm. um, and when we don't, when we go to come up against Celtic Cup finals or, or semi-finals, there's always that shit the bed um, thing that comes into play. But when you compare it back to even then, you know, when I'm when a much better place, you know, you, you don't even even talking about Aberdeen. Getting to, to semi-finals and finals in those days was unheard of, let alone let alone now. Yeah, I think I was quite lucky in a way that I was quite young. So, um, 
I think if I now, and I dread to think of what I spend every year of football, and I won't even have a guess because my mum might, she probably won't listen to this, but still. <laughs> and, you know, when you, I was younger and my dad was just taking me, I'm not saying you didn't care as much, but it was just quite, it was the norm really that we weren't great and we maybe won a few games and we did all right and we had the odd kind of, you know, maybe we had a little run in a cup and stuff. But because I didn't really know any different, it wasn't maybe as bad as it would have otherwise been. So actually, I've kind of seen us get progressively better as opposed to, you know, how did my dad sit through some of these awful, awful games, the dreadful managers, terrible players, you know, basically no squad after having seen us win the stuff we won. So I've probably been lucky in that we seem to be on an upward trajectory of sorts. And we do obviously have games where you think, great, what an absolute waste of time and money that was. Glad I traipsed all the way to wherever it is for and you'll have seen games, then there have been games, obviously, where you just think, do any of these players care? And I actually don't mind losing certain games if we've actually just gone out and had a shot and played well. The Celtic 3-all draw, I thought we played pretty well. I thought we yeah. were quite good. And then the week after, we've got a cup game, which I think matters more, in a way. If someone had said yeah, we win one of them, I think everyone would have picked the cup. And I, wish, I actually wish the cup had been first. And then we don't really turn up for the cup. And I wonder if it's a hand in thing. I don't want to say curse, that's nonsense. But we do seem to, other than that Rangers game, really, we seem to get to hand in and we just, you know, it's not always even Celtic, that Motherwell semi-final, where then we, which ended, which that ended up in us basically buying Curtis Mayton, which is bizarre to me still. But half the team, you know, Dominic Ball had the worst game I think of his life. It just None of them looked as though they knew how to play football. And actually that year, I thought, Motherwell, this is great, you know, we should be able to do this. And maybe it is a bit complacent, but it, you're right. As soon as we draw South Korea Rangers, we seem to just think, oh, that's it. Whereas actually, we not changed that both Cubs. Yeah. What would be now two seasons ago. And we know we could beat Celtic. I think we just, there is a bit of panic there. And I think there is a bit of, oh, we're so close, we're going to win something. And the Scottish Cup is the one. I've never seen us win it. We won it in the May, and so I've never seen us win. And there's no reason why any team should really be able to win the Scottish Cup. You know, it, a cup is very much kind of one-off. And some of the teams that have won it since, you'd think, well, we could beat them, we could manage that. Why haven't we? So I'm hoping, um, yeah, I really had a feeling about it this year as well, which is the most annoying thing. It's the only year I genuinely thought we, I just, the whole way through I had a feeling. But no. But we're yeah. going to have another cup starting whenever it starts. Yeah, so we've got two Scottish Cups. Yeah, yeah like, so starting it. I think they're starting at the normal time, but they're going to cancel uh-huh. the replays. Yeah, I think there's no replays this season. I think that's part of the um, the deal because Which obviously. I, but I think they should keep. I think they should keep that because mm-hmm. I think you end up with a fixture pileup. So actually, I think replays. I mean, I say that we went through Kelly on a replay, we went through Rangers on a replay, but I think if it makes mm-hmm. it easier, I suppose it's about money and stuff, and I get why certain clubs, smaller clubs, probably really good, but. And the League Cup, they've cancelled the replays, haven't they? And we're just playing it a bit... There's not been replays for a long game. time, the League Cup. Not for a long time, no, so in my playing, lifetime. We're playing it a little bit later in the finals, maybe February, I think. We're yeah, I think that was because, obviously, the lower league clubs weekend. couldn't start till October. I think that was the, yeah, the whole reasoning the behind that. Just finished. Yeah. And actually, Simmerin's not a bad draw for that. I'm looking at the teams that are still in it. Quite a few big names out. I haven't really been maybe on top of it enough because... Um, the groups only happen in the summer when I'm thinking about Europe and I'm not really worrying about what 
the lower clubs are doing. And They've been playing them during the international break to fit it in, which I think's crazy. Yeah. I think it should have been knockout this season, but it's done now. We're through the group stages. Um, you mentioned Scot- Scottish Cup. That last Scottish Cup win was one of my first football memories as an Aberdeen fan, nine years old, um, when we won that. And you, you just you just thought oh, we'll we'll do it again. And if you told me then it's going to well, be yeah, you must actually maybe it's harder for you because you saw that yeah. and then you thought <laughs> right yeah. So it's when the league cup that right, season. But... Yeah, we did the cup double that season, and we were always a decent side. We were the main challengers to Rangers. Celtic at that point were were nowhere because they were having financial problems before Fergus McCann came in and so on. Um, it's really frustrating for me that we've been over thirty years without winning that cup. And I've spoken to a lot of. Former players like Brian Irvin, Robert Connor, um, and I keep saying, you, you guys have just set me up for a fall here by not by winning that cup that, that year. Um, it's it's real frustrating. And from your point of view, um, I suppose from when you first went to your first game, I don't know if you saw what you saw was winning the League Cup in 1995. I don't think you would have really taken in the age of five. But so for your lifetime, you've only seen Aberdeen win for one me, trophy. Cups were- yeah, so for me, cups were exciting because I remember when I kind of first started going to kind of cup games and there weren't heaps of them really because we wouldn't do particularly well. But I remember thinking like, you know, we won and we have won, you know, the Scottish Cup, League Cup and stuff quite a lot. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, but how? Why are we not? Why can't we do that now? And I like the cup still for um, the kind of excitement, I guess, of playing. Yeah. A different team, you know, you'll probably been to some weird and wonderful grounds because you've, you know, had someone drawn in a cup and it's quite nice actually, I think. And I remember yeah. when when you're younger, you kind of feel like you remember certain results, you feel like you're playing the same people. I don't know what it is about Motherwell and draws, but there's a few teams you just think, Oh, we're playing them again. Plus, you know what's like in Scotland, we play everyone about four hundred times. And then after the split it's even worse. Uh, trying to explain the concept of splitting the league table to like English friends, they literally don't understand it. Yeah. it. They cannot comprehend why we would do it, and neither do I. But I think you're so used to playing the same teams over and over that if you've got an exciting cup draw, someone you've not seen before, you think, oh, this is great. And it just wasn't that great. <laughs> we just wouldn't really do anything. And I just don't feel we've had, I suppose, 2014, but other than that, we haven't really had that many good cup runs. I suppose recently we've had some semi finals and stuff and some finals, but. And never to the point where, I'm not saying I didn't believe we could win it, but, you know, the League Cup final against Celtic, you were hopeful, but I think pretty early on into that game, it just looked as though we weren't going to manage anything. And that's tough because there's no reason why we shouldn't. We have a good side. We know we can beat these teams. We have good players. I suppose, I I suspect there's more pressure in the cup for the players, I guess. Like, there must be. And I suppose a cup final must feel I mean I know what I feel like in the morning of a cup final and I'm nervous and you feel a bit sick and you think oh god I, mean, I can only imagine how they must feel so it is difficult yeah. but you just always have this hope of surely there'll be something and then always the disappointment so I think losing a semi-final yeah. is, I think losing a final is worse than losing a semi-final as well because you're basically one game away from just doing it you think yeah we could do it whereas in a semi-final you're like oh, well but it's I think losing a final is is yeah. tough and Getting to Hamden is great, of course it is, but I think it is true that, you know, finishing second and getting to Hamden, is that all we should be aiming for? There's no reason we should be able to win a cup, not really. Yeah, and as good as Celtic are, 
I was just going to say, as good as, Cel- as, as, as good as Celtic are, on a one-off occasion, you can beat them. 2017 Scottish Cup final still um, hurts me. That McLean, that McLean, Hayes chance haunts me. If we score that, in my personal opinion, I might be wrong, in my personal point, point of view, I think we're winning that cup because a big difference between trying to hold on to a 2-1 lead than hold on to 1-1 for extra time. At 2-1, you just park the bus up. You put every single player lined up in front of that goal mm-hmm. because you can't say that and there are games where we've been leading and we seem to be actually quite bad at protecting the lead, but there are games where we've been leading and you just think, park the bus, I don't care, it's boring to watch. Everyone protect Joe Lewis immediately. But um, I think as well that side was really good. And then even the next season, 17-18, so I moved halfway through that season, actually. Yeah, that's when I'd moved. So I moved halfway through that season. And actually, it's quite handy because Edinburgh, it's really good to get to away games. Most of them are quite nearby. But I do remember that season starting, the 17-18 one. That was the year that started with, was that the Limassol game at home? Yes. On Thursday night, which was just, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And that as well, because Europe hadn't really been a common feature and we weren't really in Europe for so long. I just remember that kind of thing, you know, thinking that night, this is great. My dad and I went for a drink before that game and I said, I'll, I'll find us a seat. He was like, no, there's no point. We'll be sitting for 90 minutes. Come on. Stood for 90 minutes and some. I, that was probably one of the best atmospheres I've seen at Pajodri. And that kind of squad, I think, was good. And we've had good squads that you look at them and you think, well, we should be winning things. And there are just times you think that these players are decent players. What's going on? And it's difficult because I think it's, it would be harsh to say that there are games where they don't seem to care, but you have watched games where you think, are any of them bothered? And I don't know if it's just because sometimes you can't get into the game properly. It depends who you're playing. You know, I guess there was a 3-0 loss to Motherwell right before a cup game two seasons ago, and we just basically didn't turn up. The whole game was just an absolute shambles. The Hibs 3-0 game, my parents came to Edinburgh for the weekend with my sister, like the Christmas markets and stuff. And it worked out quite nicely because my mum was sister went shop and my dad came to Easter Road. 3-0 down at half time and we just didn't bother at all. And it's tough when you watch games like that because the players are decent players. And you just think, what is going on? Mm-hmm. It's a very long 90 minutes when you don't have a shot on target. Yeah. So in a way, I think the last few years we have been a lot better. And you just think, why can't we just win something? I know. And it's... There's no reason we shouldn't be able to. And I'm hoping we can get a decent cup run. The League Cup last year was really poor. Last year, wasn't it? We managed a Hearts. Yeah. In our, in our, what was our first game? Shocking, shocking game. And it's still in it. I'm not saying we should be assuming we'll beat them at all because Hearts aren't a terrible side. They're a bad season. But, you know, you look at who you draw in the cup and we should be thinking, right, Simmerin, this is good. Okay, they're a good side, but we, you know, we know we can get there. We know how to play them. And we should be thinking, we should be thinking that about Celtic Rangers and whoever else it is. I mean, we knocked Rangers out two cups. Surely that should be to us. Uh, right, well, we can do it. And I think there's maybe a lack of belief sometimes. You know, you go and play Celtic in a semi-final or final at Hamden and you think, you know, probably not going to do it. I don't know how many people generally thought we were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. I just had a feeling about the cup all season. But realistically, what are we going to do? I actually think I felt more confident after the league game that was 3-0 yeah. because we looked quite good mm-hmm. and then we just didn't seem to turn up I'm not sure what I think about semi-finals at Hamden I think we should keep it for the final I agree with that I th- you see I thought... why they're there because they know that they'll want the ticket sales and yeah. you know there's not a lot of stadiums that could accommodate it mm-hmm. but I quite like just the final being there and we, we seem yeah. to not be great at Hamden 
<laughs> I don't know if it's a great place for us. I'm not sure what it is. I also, it's not my favourite place to go. You yeah. can barely see the pitch. Far too far back. So, I don't know if there's a little bit of a... I mean, it must, the pressure must be huge, but there is yeah. no reason we can't win a cup. And I think... I have to assume we will see us win a Scottish Cup in my lifetime, surely. Yeah, well, I would, I would like to think so, and hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll do it this season. That would be a good way for your... Um... Your thirtieth and my fortieth um, to work out that we both I see us fine, well. finally do it. Um, it's been far, it's been far too long, but yeah, I, I agree with you about semi-finals being a, um, a more neutral venue than Hamden. Like, one of my favourite Aberdeen games in recent years was St Johnston at Tyne Castle, which I thought was um, extraordinary atmosphere, and the team obviously played terrific that day and won. Um, and I think I, I know when it's Celtic and Rangers. Um, you're probably going to need to think of... I, I think Hamden should only be used if it's a Celtic Rangers semi-final. Because um, even Hampton Hearts, you can have Murrayfield. Um, and if Aberdeen got Celtic, you could play at Ibrox. But um, that's just a, a side issue. But, um, but, um, no, just I, com- think, I think it's nice to have just the final at Hamden. Like, I think I once you start playing a lot of other games there, you kind of feel like, well... I'd, I'd quite like that. Do you have to it's the final? And it's not just because I think we're not very good there. But I do think that... Mm-hmm it should just be for the final. And when you see teams that are a lot smaller in semi-finals, you do think, would this be better somewhere else? So I'd quite like it if they thought about that. But to be honest, it shouldn't really matter where you're playing, I suppose. And actually, I guess getting to Hamden feels like a big thing. But getting to Hamden's all about good if you're going to turn up and put in a decent shift. And mm-hmm. we seem to not do that very often. Yeah. I'm just disappointed about that Celtic one. You know, to get a draw at home mm-hmm. in a game that was quite tough because... We were leading and then, you know, one out at half time, I thought, come on, this. I would never thought about it being 3 3. But if you're scoring three goals against Celtic, and I know there was penalties, but you're still doing something right. So you did have, I, I was quite hopeful. I think most people were. Yeah, a lot of us were. I was, I was certainly um, quite confident we could actually do it. And then, unfortunately, it was just the usual. Um, so so uh, there's definitely a mental block that needs to um, be taken out. Hopefully the next time we play them, or if it's Rangers who are obviously looking better, hopefully we can come through that little hurdle. Um, with regards to Dick McInnes, um, he's been at the club for seven years. Um, it's fair to say that he divides opinion amongst Aberdeen fans on um, mm-hmm. social media a lot. I mean, I personally think some of the criticisms over the top. Last season, I'll be honest, I thought the football was absolutely horrendous. This season, it's far better. It's night and day, and it's more enjoyable, and we're, we're we're looking better and we're winning be- um, better on the pitch. Um, you know, what's what's your thoughts of uh, the job that he's done at Aberdeen? Um, yeah, I, I really like him. Um, I think it's difficult because you're right; he does seem to massively divide opinion, and it's difficult because it's not. You know, I'm not of the view that he's absolutely fantastic and best man manager you know will ever have or have had. But we had a spate of just being pretty bad. We did, um, you know, really, really poor. And it's not always down to management. Of course, it isn't. There's lots and lots of factors and, and money is a factor. And, you know, there are lots of reasons why teams don't do well for a period. But I think, and maybe it's not always the right thing to do, but people will as soon as a team does badly. And you see this, you know, you'll see teams you don't really support. English teams you don't really know much about. They have a spate of bad results. And you think, how's the manager not been sacked? So I think that's the first place people tend to look. So if we're not playing well, everyone assumes. Dermot doesn't always help himself because we'll play a game and we'll win and we'll be really good and everyone will be like, that was great. 
the following week, the team will come out. And I think, right. Mm-hmm. So what's happened in this intervening weeks has made you think that starting the team the last week is a bad idea. You know, not saying you have a starting 11 and that's it. Yeah. And at different times, you'll need to accommodate for lots of different things and injuries and all of this. And there'll be teams where you want to play a slightly different setup. But I think, and you'll have seen reference to Derek's Trombola quite often, that I do think what's gone on in this week where you've dropped players who played well and we're suddenly having players who no one likes starting. And you wonder at all what they're doing in training sometimes because mm-hmm. there'll be players that he obviously supports and stands by and that get games. And I don't really see much in a lot of them. And some of the signings have been questionable. Some have been great, to be fair. Some have been absolutely brilliant. But you wonder, like, well, what kind of football are you trying to play in? Part of me thinks if we won every single game 1-0 and it's dire to watch, I don't really mind because yeah. you're going to win everything. But mm-hmm. it's nice to watch decent football and you want to see players playing properly and enjoying it. And you can see at the moment, Ryan Hedges and Scott Wright look like they're having the time of their life. And yeah. I will say, and I feel bad about this tonight, I thought Scott Wright was not at the level he needed to be at. He would come on and just not really contribute and... Yeah. It was a shame because he was obviously, you could tell he was a decent footballer, he just didn't look like he was up to it at all. And I don't know what Ryan Hedges did to McInnes, but for some reason, he scored in that great game against, uh, game against Hearts. And then I think he got one or two more games, and he's on the bench, he's not even getting on. Mm-hmm. I thought, what's he done? Because he's a decent player. And I think that's what people probably criticise most about managers is when they sign players that are dreadful. And everyone does it. Of course they do. I mean, Scouts and Rangers have players that everyone looks at and thinks, what are they doing with them? And also when you sign players that are decent and they don't seem to get a game. And we only see, you know, once a week, twice a week max them play. And there's so much more to it than just what we actually see them doing in a game. And I get that. But sometimes you just think, what do you have to do to get a game? Or why are they playing and they're not? It's not always clear, I don't think, to fans why certain players are being chosen and some aren't and why we're signing certain players. We went through a spate of signing just a lot of very tall wingers and not no other positions, which seems completely pointless. And we also seem to like to do... If someone has a good game against us, it's like, we'll sign them. Like Curtis Main, one great game, I have done, oh, great, we'll sign him. Stevie May, oh, he had a good game, we'll sign him. And I'm not convinced either of those are key signings. So difficult and I think everyone after a game is like oh, I would have done this I would have done that I would have put so and so on and I think this, the only thing that happened because this season is he seems to forget he's allowed five subs and I think he admitted in an interview he'd forgotten but he seems to forget most weeks so yeah. I think substitutes as well sometimes are questionable and people do like to criticise I think it's an Aberdonian thing people like to moan even if we win a game like I'll go on Twitter after we win a game and I think Oh, right, it's a bit much with one. It doesn't really matter, does it? So, um, yeah, I think he gets mixed reviews. I think the whole Rangers thing probably doesn't help because I think like, oh, he would have gone. I remember when he stayed, the Thursday night he announced he was staying. We went to Dundee on the Friday night. It was freezing. It must have been December. It was awful. And we won 1-0, I think. Yeah. It was McKenna. But everyone was singing, I wish it could be Christmas every day. You know, I was getting excited. It was just like, it was one of those things where you think people must quite like him, really, if we're having this kind of reaction to him saying he's staying. And you see as well when people say, oh, but who else? You can't just say who else would we get. That's just stupid. But I think you have to think about that a bit because if you sack your manager, what do you do? Just not a manager for a while. You do have to have a replacement. And 
I'm not saying that you can't get rid of your manager just because you don't have someone else lined up, but you have to have an option there because I think having no manager surely, I don't think it works, does it? What do you call? No, you have to have someone ready. And right now, I can't think of that many people who would be at the level we would want and who would be able to lead the team and who would be necessarily able to attract players. We've had some dreadful signings, but we've also had some very good ones. And we seem to nick players off other clubs. And I'm not sure... Aberdeen is probably not, if you were a young footballer, you'd probably, Edwin Glasgow is probably where you want to go and live. But yeah, we seem to manage to sneak in and steal players' heads mainly, and they hate it, and it's quite funny. But Derek McInnes does seem to attract players to the club. So I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Some of them, waste of time. But a lot of them, very good. Johnny Hayes coming back, I think, is great. And he's done that because he wants to come back and play for the club. He's not done it. I mean, he's not getting paid. Yes, but he's not, you you know what I mean. He's, Mm -hmm. he's, done us to an extent almost a favour he didn't have to do that I think there probably would have been sides that would have taken him in, in England, I guess in England I mean he's a good player so you have to think that he's doing something right to attract and also to keep players players signing at Senate Contacts Joe Lewis is staying with us probably until he retires I'm guessing now um, and a lot of players stay because they like the club and the manager and they like the way it's run so he must be doing a lot of things right I think yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think for Aberdeen fans, there's the frustration that you know we haven't kicked on further. We've only won the one trophy and stuff. But then at the same point, um, what man? The next level is challenging Celtic for the title, winning more trophies, and you need to pay through the nose for a manager like that. And it's you know Dave Cormack. So when he took over, the first thing he says. We'll try and be as competitive as we can. But he never came out shouting for the rooftop saying we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's just like you know, we're going to keep expectations to um, realism. And so that's what that's why I'm always dubious and sitting on the fence when it comes to should we get rid of McInnes now type of thing. I always tend to avoid those conversations. Sunday's a test. I think if someone said we've got, we've spoken to, you know, you don't even need to name them, but we've spoken to yeah. ABC managers and they are at this level and we think that they can take us further. That is fine. But you can't, sack your manager and not have someone else ready to come in because I think that is truly that's just a mess and you do need to think well if we're going to get rid of manager I think it's doing okay mm-hmm. who do we get that then takes us to a level beyond okay and part of that as you see the cost of the manager will be high and actually it'll be better to maybe have a manager that wouldn't be so expensive and we can spend more on the team you know you can only manage the players you've got so if you've got a very expensive manager they might be really good but could they necessarily win us? You know, you could get Mourinho to come to Aberdeen. Would he win us a trophy with those players? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's quite easy to say, although the manager's doing X, Y, Z wrong. But we've got a really good squad of players and they're playing well. So right now, I can't really see, I can't really see any problems that look as though they're going to be. I mean, I don't think we're really short in any positions particularly. I think injuries might be difficult for us, but I think they are for all teams really. And we actually have a squad it's probably one of the best squads we've had in years. Yeah, definitely. But that will be tested on Sunday because obviously Ross McCrory, one of our best signings so far. This season he's on loan, so he can't play against his parent club. Um, what what would you expect? Sunday. Who are we playing on Sunday? Of course we are. Yes. Yeah. Um, be interesting because who's going to go in there? Because um, McGill's out for eight there. weeks as well. So you have to think it's going to be Franzojo. And I'm not sure. Yeah. When we signed him, I remember thinking he was great, so I'm not really sure what's happened. Maybe I just was excited about it. But I 
he's not just maybe the right level in terms of the way that we are playing there. I think I think there's a player in him, but him and Ferguson in the middle is going to be tough. We're going to struggle with injuries because yeah. we have a lot. Of lo- we do have quite a few loan players, and when loan players get injured, they tend that tends to be it. You know, I'm not sure if we'll see Marley Watkins again. Um, the same, I suppose, with Tommy Hoban when he went away for a long time. We just need to. I mean, injuries in a game are different. Seems to be a lot of injuries at training, yeah. and I'm not sure what we're doing. So even at this new training park, I think. But how are we getting injured? What are you doing? And surely in training, you do things that mean you're not <laughs> going to get injured. But I think if we can, I mean, Johnny Hayes as well. I think if we can keep injuries to a minimum, and I know it's not as easy as that, but I think we have a really good squad, and we have depth in the squad that we've not had for a while because. We've got players who are either out injured or aren't even making the bench. And that's with, you know, nine mm-hmm. people on the bench. Yeah. Dean Campbell's going to come back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose he might even be looked at as an option for yeah. Sunday. I like him as a player. I don't think, you know, him and Ferguson together might not be bad. We do have a lot of options. It's just whether or not, I suppose, we can get a good run going because I think that helps as well. The international break makes everything very stop-start. Which is why I've never been that keynote. It's frustrating. You know, you get a couple of good games. That Friday night game um, was absolutely great. And now it's like, well, we're going to play for two weeks. And I think it makes it difficult because you get into a little bit of a run and suddenly you stop playing and then you've got players who are injured. You've got players who go in international duty, come back injured. And I think you're right. McCrory has been excellent. And I think we will miss him a lot. I think he's been... He has potential to be, and I think it's too early to say it, but I think he has potential to be one of McInnes' best signings. And I think that is a very, very good piece of business because I don't know know why he wasn't getting games at Rangers. I suppose they've got a lot of other options and choice and they maybe just saw him as not being needed. But I think he will turn out to be one of the best signings we've had. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. And um, where he came from doesn't even... Cross my minds, um, like some Aberdeen fans might no, do. No, um, what I quite like though is that Rangers are a bit annoyed about it because we've apparently conned them. Yeah. Because we've got him and they've got Ryan Jack, who they all think has gone downhill recently, so it's quite good fun. But I think him and Ferguson in the middle are great, and Ferguson, I think, has been a great signing. And actually, considering yeah. the price, cheap, very cheap. Mm-hmm. We're interested yeah. to see if Ferguson continues to take the penalties now that Sammy's back. Well, I think it's he should. There, cause what do? No, well, I think you go with the guy that's on form with the penalties, um, to be perfectly honest. And, and got he's got my fantasy football points up. So, um... And I've got him on to win the Golden Boot this season, so I need him to keep taking those pens. <laughs> um, I think he, I think he's a good player. I think we have, you know, looking at our squad, we have a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's definitely. quite nice to see that because we have had years where there's been one or two good players, but everyone's been mm-hmm. maybe not either playing together very well or we're really lacking in certain positions. But actually, this is probably one of the strongest squads we've had in a long time. Seeing them play is great because Ryan Hedges, he's playing 90 minutes basically every week and he just looks great. And him and Scott Wright link up so well. Mm-hmm. And we've just got, we're playing a quite a different, I think we're playing quite a different style. It's quite nice to watch. It's quite attacking. Mm-hmm. It's generally pretty good. The first game against Rangers obviously was awful. And that mm-hmm. Motherwell game at Pataudry, I don't know what has happened there. But actually, I would say we've been pretty good to watch. Better yeah. than last season, I would say definitely. Oh yeah, it's nice and day last for me. Season, there was a couple of decent games, but last season was very poor. And actually, the season finishing early probably saved... I don't think it saved McInnes' job, but then we're getting to that point. But I think it saves quite a lot of criticism because, okay, we were going to be in the Scottish Cup semi, but realistically... 
what else were you know we were kind of around Motherwell at third fourth it was not um, going to be a great season at all and so yeah. in some ways I kind of just finish it and draw a line under it and actually we've now got together a really really good squad we also seem to have done really good business during a global pandemic where no one has any money so I'm quite impressed by that there must be something going on at the club that attracts players there yeah, definitely. In fact, there's a training ground there probably helping. There's um, a good team throughout. They probably think high enough for the manager. What do you think we can achieve this season? Um, I think we, I think we could win a cup. I think, yeah, I think we probably could. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think we can win the league. Um, no. and I'm not just. That's not because I think well, South will win it. In fact, if anything, I'm actually not concerned. But I'm. Um, not the, the table doesn't look that great. Um, we've got given hands against Celtic. We're what, level on points with Celtic on second. In theory, I suppose we could win the league. My expectation is that Rangers will drop slightly after Christmas, the way they always do. Europe's going to become a little bit more of a distraction, and Celtic will, will go into. Well, they seem to be in about fourth gear. Celtic will take it up a notch, I think. Um, we actually look. I'm looking at the table. We could, I suppose, challenge for the league. And I think if we're challenging, that's fine. To me, finishing third is nothing to be ashamed of when the other two clubs are spending money that we wouldn't even yeah. dream of. You know, spending more on one player than we would spend on a whole squad. And at the moment, I don't begrudge the club not spending cheap amounts of money because we don't have it. And I don't know how, you know, uh, there was a report came out this week and I'm hoping that that might make it really clear to people who think we should just be buying whoever we like that we're going to lose something like 10 million over the season. And actually, the virtual season ticket sales have been quite low. You know, we're not taking in any cash. And running a game still costs getting on to about the same amount. You know, you're still having to pay for all the things you would have to pay for anyway, really. And you're just not taking in any revenue. So if we could finish third this season. But I do have a feeling about a trophy. I had a feeling about the Scottish Cup. But maybe I was actually having a weird feeling about this coming up, Scottish Cup, and that's what it was. Could have been that. Um, I think we could get a trophy, I think. We have the kind of side that seems to be able to just pull out a great performance. And that's, I think that's a cups kind of side where you maybe aren't great every game and you have the odd stumble. But if you can pull out one or two great performances, that's how you win a cup, I think. Yeah. yeah. You see teams winning cups who are pretty average league-wise. But if you can pull out some decent performances when you need to, that's how you win a trophy, I think. So, yeah, yeah a cup, maybe. Either a cup, don't really mind. Scottish cup would be better, obviously. But a cup is a cup, isn't it? Yeah. Although part of me thinks, if you win the cup and you're not there, I don't know how it'll feel. I'm not sure about that. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Maybe in some ways that's it was a good thing that we didn't get past Celtic because I wouldn't want to win the first Scottish Cup in 30 years and nobody being there. But then, suppose when you haven't won something so long, you can't really be too choosy. Um, but one no, team I'd who rather win it. Yeah. But uh-huh. it, I can't imagine kind of what if we don't win it for another 30 years. I know. That's the thing. It's like oh, uh, no one's don't... there. And <laughs> I feel sorry for the players actually no one being there because the players must miss the fans so much. Yeah. And to win the Scottish Cup and not have anyone there to see it, you know, even their families and stuff like that must be really difficult mm-hmm. for them. Oh, of course it will be. So of course it will be. Hopefully we might, you know, we might be in a situation at next year's Scottish Cup final, which I think will have to be early, isn't it? It's really early because the Euros seem to be wrapping up. It's, the it's start of May. It's start of May. So I think eighth and ninth of May. Yeah, I can't so remember. You might get some kind of fans back for it. I don't know, but I think. I think there's no reason we couldn't win anything this year. Not at all. Looking at some of the other sides, there's no reason that... You know, Hibs have been quite good and then we played them and I think they were poor and we were decent. And actually, if we just get a bit of faith and a bit of belief and 
get, you know, a couple of good games. We seem to always play well around December time. Despite the fact that you end up with normally about nine games in a row, we always seem to actually pull out some decent results. I think mm-hmm. that two years ago, we had a great December. So if we can get a good Christmas, it takes us into, you know, transfer window if we need it for injuries and stuff. Actually, no reason we can't win something. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Both cups. Cup double. Yeah, I would love that. A repeat of um, my first year in football would be absolutely tremendous. Um, now, it's not only the Aberdeen's men's team who um, we're hope- we've got aspirations for. The women's team are off to a great start in SWPL2. There's two promotion spots. They're flying at the moment, um, six wins at six. I'm hoping to have um, Hunter on um, very soon, actually. Um, but they're going very well. And how, how good is that to see that um, we've got a women's team that look as though they could do something? Because it looks as though there's been a good bit of investment into it. Yeah, I always feel like, I guess maybe more guilty because I'm a girl that I don't follow them that much. But I think part of it is just because it's not that easy to follow because you don't see it much. It's not mentioned. It's very much seen as, oh, it's a very separate thing. Whereas actually the club seems to be really keen to do and it's kind of, you know, we are one club, we're one team. They seem amazing. And you'll have seen, I'm sure, loads of jokes of people, oh, can any of them play for us on Saturday? But they look great. They're not even just like, you know, winning. There's games where we was I think it was a game where we were kind of two one or three one down, and then we come back and yeah, the passion, and excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the passion, and excitement is great. And part of me thinks I'll just start watching that. I think it'll be great. So, mm-hmm. um, I do like the idea that you we are a club which is encouraging. You know, the side of football which I think has been lacking since maybe the Women's World Cup and. You know, before that, I think a lot of people weren't that interested. And if we can get people interested, especially because if you, and I'm not particularly sportive, but if you were and you like to go and watch football, you know, you might be thinking, well, why can't I play that? So I think it's really important that we know, you know, for the younger generation coming through that actually, you know what, if you want to play, you can play. And you can, turns out, you know, they're absolutely fine. And you can play at practically almost the same level. Because I think we will get to a point where women's football, men's football become hopefully similar levels because if you're telling kids you can do whatever you want to do, but if you don't see women playing football on telly, well, you're going to think, but how? That's not an option. So I think it's great that we have a really good women's team. And I think it's nice that the club are putting effort into making it equal and making it something that people want to go and watch and get involved in. And it's very much just we are one club. I think I'd like to see more stuff where we do promos with the first team and things and have similar stuff with some of the women's teams. I don't feel like I know much about any of them. So it'd be quite nice if the club did something like that. So you can kind of actually get to know who they all are. I totally agree with that. Rachel Corsi, um, who's an Aberdeen fan, is Scotland captain. Love she her. made a, she made a, have you? <laughs> um, I'd like to interview her for magazine. She's absolutely great. So yeah. nice. Yes, yeah, a great, she's a terrific defender. But she made a great point um, when Aberdeen launched their kit, um, their new kit for the start of the season. They should have the women alongside them, and I think she makes a very good point because the Scotland mm-hmm. team do the um, do this. Aberdeen should be doing the same. Yeah, and I think I've seen. Have you seen Scott Wright's little the right stuff videos where he interviews players and stuff? I really like that. No, but I'd, I'd like to see. Right. I don't. I couldn't name many of the women's team. I'd quite like to hear a little bit about them. So I'm hoping we'll do something where, you know, like even just a little series of videos with questions and stuff, just to kind of get to know some of that team a bit more because they are part of the team. And I think when we get fans back, it'd be good if they got you know crowds going and if we got you know it looks as though we could win that league. You know, we'll get cups and stuff. So it is all part of the same club and I think it's important that people are interested in it and people know how to become interested in it because 
A lot of it's just for not seeing it. I couldn't have told you last year what any of the results were. Whereas now the club are doing a lot more, I think, to push that on. Yeah. And we seem to be really good, which is quite exciting. Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's the thing for me is that um, you know they're winning, they're winning games, and because there's two promotion spots, you know there's a, there, there seems to be a real opportunity there. And then to go in, it's obviously going to be tough if they do get promoted. It's good that the women's game's getting more promotion. Um, the impact of obviously Scotland reaching the last Euros and last World Cup has been significant. I still feel as though a lot of media and podcasts, including ourselves, could do more to promote the women's game. Um, but I think slowly, slowly but surely it is getting better. And that can only, only be for good. And if, the more the Scott women's team do well, it has that knock-on effect. Yeah. And I think it's all part of, I suppose, like you say, you know, everyone just doing a little bit in the clubs, doing what they can to push it forward. And then the more there is of it, the more that people get interested in it. It's, it's just been something that I suppose has always been... I guess maybe secondary. So it'd be nice to see more of their results. And hopefully they, you know, looks like they're going to win the league. They might get a cup. And I think it's great to see both teams do well. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's great. It's great for the club, great for the city. And um, let, let's hope that next summer we're seeing the women's team win their league and Aberdeen win the Scottish Cup. That would be um, a very good season yeah, from her point so. of view. That would be tremendous. Um, uh, yeah, um, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed your, um, your time. We've just got a few quick fire um, questions to finish. Um, so, first of all, um, what's your favourite tipple? Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, this is really bad. This is a quick fire question. You've been prepared. I do like, I quite like, I do like a Prosecco. I like Cav as well, actually. I think something about a bubbles is just nice, isn't it? It's that noise of the opening as well. And I do enjoy gin and tonic. And actually, my dad, my dad introduced me to football, but also to whiskey. And I do enjoy, I like whiskey, especially in the winter. So tomorrow's birthday celebrations, I think we'll be opening something nice. Well, that's a, that's a good um... and my dad taught me All these bad habits my dad's taught me. Um, and uh, what's your, uh, uh, death, I've been asking this um, for a lot of people. Death row meal, what was your death row meal be? Um, steak, felt steak, I think. Don't want potatoes, peppercorn sauce, red wine sauce, maybe. Oh, red wine, blue cheese sauce, really nice. Um, and they do a really nice cream spinach with career at Kylo in Edinburgh, so I would have that as well. Um, and if I'm having a starter, some scallops. I'm not a big dessert fan, so I'd have a cheese board. Red wine, nice, lovely. Excellent. Well, that was, um, I managed that one really quickly. I'll clearly think about that quite often. Yeah, you, you must well. You've obviously been preparing because obviously it's your, your big birthday. Um, so I'll just come on to ask it just now. Um, so t- today's episode twenty nine. You are twenty nine. Um, when this goes mm-hmm. out, it'll be episode, I wish this was episode thirty for your big thirty. And um, that would have been no. perfect. So yeah, how are the birthday celebrations going? Yeah. How how are the big three oh, celebrations going? Good actually. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to do anything. I think. Right. for a lot of this year I think what was almost harder is that things got a little bit more relaxed and you could do things and it felt a bit like normal life and then that kind of went in a backwards direction so um no good started on Thursday basically I had a half day got my nails done and then obviously we had the game on Thursday night and just kind of um on from there birthday week will wrap up on Sunday and it might be wrapped up very abruptly at 2 p.m but um <laughs> we will see hopefully we'll finish if we get a win on Sunday it'd be great lovely so Yes, tomorrow is the actual um, big day. Well, happy. but I think because this year has been quite weird, I think it doesn't really count, does it? Yeah. Well, many happy returns when it comes, and given the year that we've had, um, it's um, it's nice to just have something to look forward to, and um, even more reason to lap it up. Um, so, 
with as part of your celebrations, um, you must be going to your favourite pubs in in your your hometown. What what what, what, is, what is your favourite pubs? If you can, that is. Um, so I'm in Aberdeen, um, so my parents have my extended household, so that's been quite nice. My sister and I go to Meldrum House this evening to a little um, igloo thing, which is quite nice. I like, what do I like in Aberdeen? I like the Chester. I think they're doing quite a nice service. I like, um, do you know what? Before a game, I really like just to go to a tortoise bar. My dad and I used to often go to Archibald Simpsons, but Weatherspoons are being boycotted, obviously, now. Um, what's across the road? Blackfriars, quite good. I really like, and this is what I've missed so much, that, like, if I'll come up for the day for a game, the excitement of getting on the train, you know, have a little glass of wine, watch something on the train up, look at the team coming out, go meet my dad beforehand, and I think that's what I miss, and that's the nice thing about, I suppose, having moved to Edinburgh, and I really love Edinburgh, getting to come back to Aberdeen and do those things. I get, you know, I look forward to coming up for a game, but then it's still nice to go back, and it is sometimes, um, you know, it's a lot of travelling, but I'm never going to complain about it ever again. You know, I will never wake up mm-hmm. and think, oh, God, I'm tired and I've got a journey. Oh, it's an early kickoff. No, there'll be no complaints ever. Yeah. The one thing that I've always kind of found, um, you, know, you think, oh, another train, especially when you've kind of been to a few games that week and you've maybe got stuff not what you think, oh, can I be bothered with this? I'm never going to complain. You know, Hamilton on a Tuesday night in the freezing cold, nil nil draw, don't care, yeah. great. Time of my life. Yeah, good stuff. And um, we like our pie chat in the podcast. What's your favourite pie at football? The steak and sheep, so uh, St Johnston is outstanding. Really? Wow. Yeah, really good. It's on the specials. St Johnston's pies are always good. Um, and I think it's Motherwell's chicken curry one's quite good. The pies at Pataudry need to be addressed before anyone goes back. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally but agree Yeah, the steak that. and sheep, so St Johnston is absolutely getting a shout out there. They're outstanding. Apparently, I think St Johnston might be one of the clubs that are doing like pies for the games. You can go and pick them up and stuff. Yeah, um, they were. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to drive to Perth, I don't think, but if I could, if they could do a delivery, those steak and chorizo pies, 10 out of 10. Steak and chorizo, St. Johnson. Sounds good. Mm. Um, so what is your favourite away ground? You've been to many. Um, oh, see, there's a few, because I think everyone has um, your kind of away days. So there's a, I think there is a few where you think, oh, we're going to such and such the weekend, it'll be great. Uh, Easter Road, I like. Um handy nice little walk down there's some good pubs around the ground it's quite a nice stadium i quite like it town yeah. castle no um town is my closest ground as well but i don't know if it's just because we seem to go there and not win very often it just nah, no um dundee united fantastic of course they come up in the season that we're not gonna be able to go <laughs> very disappointing i really like st johnson actually it's such a quick run up the road they've got that really nice little pub underneath their stadium mm-hmm. Really nice ground. A lot of time to, uh, for St. John's. I like going there. I used to like Partick. Also mm-hmm. got that nice little pub for away fans. Really nice. Do like Partick. Um, Celtic Park is a nice ground and that it's pretty, it's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Do we like going there? Obviously, Ibrox is the worst one. Um, and away, oh, a day out to Dingwall. Great fun. But I think, my, I think, actually, I really do like St. Johnston. It's probably one of my favourites. Killy, don't mind Killy actually either. Good, you get a good pie at Killy. And my friend Julia likes the Empire Biscuits at Killy. It's a nice really? little touch. It's not something you would hear um, an Empire Biscuit at football. <laughs> what I like, it was quite a nice little touch of them. They put the club, the away club's badge on them. Oh, really? It's quite a nice little, yeah, quite nice actually. Well. It's quite a good little quirk. But um, no, I actually really like, I really like Easter Road and I really like um, St. Johnson. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's one of those ones where like it's quite a quick run up the road. It's not far. Yeah, um, yeah quite good. And I like kind of little like strange ones I've been to that are a bit odd. Um, Stanish Muir is a bit of a strange one. Actually, Burnley was an amazing away day. Yeah, I'd go back there. Great day out. Yeah. That would have been that would have been good. Um, St John's is a play um, is not a ground. I've been to, I've been to once, and it was when we lost five 0 when they first came up in nineteen ninety. For some reason, I've not been back since. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't know why. It's not even that far up the road. Just, yeah. No, you, it, that's what I quite like. It feels really quick. The stadium's yeah. all right. It's similar to the project. It's, it's fairly old fashioned. Um, lot of pub under the stadium. It's always good. Mm-hmm. I actually really like it there. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Easter Road's good. I like places that we go and you win. So um, I would say Ibrox, Hampton and Tynecastle, not necessarily top of my list. And I think stadiums where I prefer the smaller ones. It's nice to go to kind of somewhere that doesn't feel huge. Not about, right, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, St. Johnson yeah. probably actually my favourite as well. Yeah, Fir Park's my most frequent, to be honest, because uh, where I lived, <laughs> um, I'm not far from uh, Fir Park. So I'll wrap, I'll wrap us up then by asking you, what's your best Aberdeen 11? See, this is, <laughs> maybe people have stopped listening before this, but I will get abuse on Twitter for who I pick. <laughs> um, a lot of it's going to be Dan McInnes era players, but simply mm-hmm. because I think a lot of them have been the better ones. We've seemed to have had a bit more maybe money available. We seem to be attracting better players and during the time that we weren't great obviously the squad can't have been that good because we were but it won stuff and I think there's a lot of players who people would say now they maybe weren't you know you wouldn't get they wouldn't get a game now so there will be a lot of dynamic in this S era signings but and I'm torn on this one the goalkeeper's a tough one my dad and I had this conversation last night I say Joe Lewis he says Danny Ward I'm going to say Joe Lewis just because I think yeah. for the way he has, I guess, kind of changed. He's been a really good keeper. A good keeper is really hard to find. Danny Ward was great while it lasted. But, and I would have him back in an instant, but I think Joe Lewis. And then, does it need to, what does it need to be, a 4-4-2? Whatever formation you want, and you're the boss of your okay. own team. I don't have any defenders. No, but we'll do maybe a 3-5-2. So we've got, Just don't go 4-6-0, you're um, not allowed that. <laughs> No, don't worry, won't be having that. And I, my friend Julie will be disappointed here that I've not got for 11 Graham Shinnies. So I'll Joe Lewis, and then I think to make it easy, yeah, I think to kind of make it a three, we'll have Andy Constantine at left back. And I know people will say he's not that great. I think he's very good. My dad said Max Lowe, but Max Lowe was only here for a short time alone. I think he's excellent. But Andy Constantine's getting there. Russell Anderson can play centre half. And for me, I know he's not been playing recently, but this is all time, isn't it? And this is obviously mm-hmm. when they were as well and picking them. Shea Logan, I think is really when we first signed Shea Logan, I thought he was excellent. I think he's not been playing as much, but if this is when they're at their peak, then yep. And then Graham Shinney is going to get into the midfield. I think he is really good, but I think also he was a player that just everyone loved. You know, yeah. all the chance of he's one of our own, all of this. To me, you need players who seem to care for the club or the fans won't be bothered and also it's the whole you know play for the badge on the front and everyone will remember the name on the back Graham Shinney did a lot for the club I think in lots of ways so he's going in there and my friend Julia will not speak to you if he's not in there hmm. um, now it's tough in midfield James Madison was not with us for long but James Madison's outstanding I would have him back tomorrow and I don't think anyone would say no to that so he's going in there Ian Jess is going in yeah um, really good and I think when you're kind of watching Aberdeen they weren't great or when 
you know, you weren't winning very much and stuff. Some of his goals were so special that actually, you know, you remember, to me, you remember great goals like that more than you remember the turgid 90 minutes. So he's going in. Now, this is quite tricky. It's between Johnny Hayes and Al McGinn and Kenny McLean. I think when we sign Al McGinn, and I think even since he's been back, I think he's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're probably going to have to have... Johnny Hayes is going in. I think Johnny Hayes is brilliant. I think he's been as good really since he's been back. And I think he, again, has been someone who... He said he was coming back and everyone was delighted. And in a year that's been really, really tough, you know, seeing Johnny Hayes resigning and everyone on Twitter actually happy for five minutes is really nice. He was outstanding. And I think everyone was gutted when he left. And he has come back and turns out, you know, he's as good. So Johnny Hayes is going in. Um, Ken McLean or Niall McGinn. I think I'm probably, at his absolute peak, putting Niall McGinn. I think... There are games, and you will remember games where Nam again just ripped up the other side completely. Time Castle. Yeah. And he played, does like to play well against Hearts. You know, there's games where you just think he is outstanding. And obviously, this is all of them at their peak. And so Nam again at his mm-hmm. peak, I think, can just change the game. And there's even now, he's probably not able to really play 90 minutes. But if you take him on, you can see the way he changes the game. Mm-hmm. And up front, we're going to go for Rooney. For the volume of goals and for the fact that he might not have been the most technically phenomenal player. And I think he says that himself. You know, yeah. headers, tap-ins, basically. But you need that. And yeah. goals are what gets us to winning things. And I don't think, you know, it's nice to see an absolute screamer. Of course it is. And Lewis Ferguson's goal against Last Unit St. Mirren was amazing. Yeah. But if it's the ball's in the net, I don't. it doesn't really matter how he's exactly. got there. So this other one's probably controversial. Sam Cosgrove's going in there. 20 goals last season to March. Yeah. I think is pretty impressive. And also, he cost us £20,000, which, you know, a grand 10. goal last season. Was it 10? I thought well, it was 10 grand. A bargain. Oh. Bargain regardless. I also think that there are glimmers in Sam Cosgrove of brilliant football. He's not always, you know, doesn't always play amazingly, but there are games where you think, and I think the start of last season, he looked a different player. And actually, mm-hmm. if he can score, if he can score 20 goals this season, Mm-hmm. there's no reason why we should not be challenging for cups and even the league because yeah. that is what you need and I think we've missed we haven't really had many out and out good strikers not really um, I saw Zero Ali a bit obviously a really good player other than that you know Shankland when he was with us poor mm-hmm. um, Calvin Zola was a dreadful signing Stockley bad my dad jokingly my dad referred to Nicky Maynard as my dad's favourite player because every <laughs> game without fail 88 minutes We'd hit 88 minutes on the clock. Nicky Maynard would be warming up. And I'd say, oh, Tad, it's coming on. He'll score this week. I said, will he? <laughs> yep, definitely this week. And he would get the ball at his feet. And it was harder to miss. And he would just, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the pressure, maybe, or the kind of need to just get a goal. And you know what? I think if he'd got one, he might have gone on a run. But I'd be like, oh, great. Here he comes, Dad, your favourite player. Look at him now. I mean, goes. Great. Then... Annoyingly, though, as soon as he left us, my dad was like, "Hey, Maynard's got a bicycle kit today." I said, "Yes, yeah, so I heard. Thanks." So, um, no, I think that's what I'm going for. And I think it's because they're all players who have kind of stood out as being not always maybe in a, the best squad ever, but they are players who are good players. And if you had all of them together at their absolute prime, I think you won the league, surely. It's a, it's a pretty decent team. So just to recap, so Joe Lewis, your goalkeeper, back three of Logan, Russell Anderson and Andy Constein. 
uh, midfield containing um, Jess Shinney Madison with your wing backs, wingers, um, Hayes McGinn and Rooney and Cosgrove up front. That's fine, isn't it? I think that's going to be mm-hmm. great. That's a pretty Banging good in goals. Yeah, you'll see like a lot. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I think Anderson. Um, we were told that together and kind of saying Logan. Mm. <laughs> it's Russell Anderson when he came back the second time version of Russell Anderson. Yeah. And Andrew even Cox that was a good. Even the, even the Russell Anderson second time was a really good player. Um, I'm not sure and, what I think about players coming back. Always it, to me, maybe is it a kind of a cop out of a signing because it's easy. Yeah. But um, McGinn second time round great. Hayes second time round good. And I think there's quite a lot of players that have gone that we would have back. Obviously not real James Matheson's that are coming back. But yeah. you know, there are players who have come back and been good. Ash Taylor is having in his moments. But you know, there are players who I think for various reasons can absolutely contribute a second time round. So yeah, and then Andy Constein can be captain. I don't agree with goalkeepers being captain. Yeah. It should be an ideal player. So Andy Constein's captain. And there we yeah. go. Uh, yeah, Constance a good shout. Um, and on that note, listen, thanks very much for coming along, Ian, and um, um, giving thanks us your time. And um, I hope your um, birthday celebrations um, are, are a good one. Happy happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. I'll, um, obviously, I'm keeping the fuss to a minimum. But, um, <laughs> no, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think we need to have something to celebrate. And I do think surely maybe just maybe, you know, the 30 years, my 30, maybe it's a sign for the cup. Well, no, I hope... think I said earlier we're going to win the cup double, so we'll mm-hmm. see. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, perfect. Thanks very much. Take care. <laughs>